Hi, I'm Nicole, and welcome to the Life Changes channel. Life comes with many changes. Some are expected, some are unexpected, some positive, some challenging. But you don't have to navigate them alone. There are people who care and want to help. You're in the right place because I'm here to connect you with them. What is your next step? Making choices that involve change can be difficult. Where can you find the resources who have answers for your questions? Our team of experts and professionals can help you make informed decisions with less stress to help you manage these changes in your life easier. You'll also meet people just like you who share their stories to encourage you not to give up. Hi, I'm Dina Court, an author, blogger, publisher, and empowerment coach. Thank you for joining me today on the Life Changes channel podcast, where we'll cover topics around life changes that you might be facing in your career and education, health, finances, relationships, parenting, aging, real estate, lifestyle, loss, and personal growth. This show started out as a Divorce Magazine Canada podcast, but so much of the content could also apply even if you aren't dealing with a divorce or separation. So now... It's Life Changes channel. There will still be lots of information to support you or someone you care about who is dealing with divorce or separation. I encourage you to go back and meet all the incredible guests in the earlier episodes. There is so much gold there. And hey, did you know we have a YouTube channel, a new Life Changes channel, and free magazines with articles from our team available across much of Alberta, as well as on our website, lifechangesmag.com. We also hold online divorce resource groups that are free to attend and everyone is welcome. Check out the links in the show notes and be sure to join us. We love bringing experts to you. Please refer to our terms of service available on our website lifechangesmag.com and stay tuned at the end for the legal language. Ready? Here we go. How would you like a chance to win one of multiple gift cards available in multiple draws just for telling me what you think? I have a brand new survey. It's real quick and easy. Just takes a couple minutes. And when you leave your feedback, your name will go in a draw. I just want to hear what you think about the podcast, about the magazines, the website, the channels, the events, whatever's going on. And my way of thanking you is to enter your name in a draw. The link is in the show notes. I'd really appreciate it. Now, today... In the Divorce Diaries series, we are joined by Nicole. She has been through some difficult times, but she brings a real message of hope that you can get through these, you can find ways to to heal, to have hope, and to continue on with your life with a positive attitude. I'm really excited for you to meet her. Welcome, Nicole. I am really pleased that you are joining me today with such a heart of caring for people who are in, in a tough spot in, in a relationship. And, you know, you've come from an experience of being divorced and you have learned a lot in, in life. And the fact that you are willing to offer some encouragement and some hope to others because of that is just beautiful. So welcome please tell us a bit about your your story whatever you feel comfortable sharing and then offer these tips to to our listeners sure um 
I was married at, what was I? Uh, I was 20, 20 years old, <laughs> you know, like get graduate and get out of the house sort of thing in those days. And there wasn't much talk in our family about secondary education and you know, come from a family of eight. We were six girls and two boys. And that was kind of like the tradition. And I met a lovely fellow um, in the last few weeks of my grade 12. And he asked me to go to grad and we were to my grad. We weren't in the same school. And off we went. And um, at that time, we had met through a youth retreat weekend. And so we shared the same values when it came to our, our beliefs in, in, in Jesus, actually. And, um, you know, it all started off really well. But uh, a year later, we, we moved to Thunder Bay. And I was living with a little old Italian lady who had recently lost her spouse. And I was helping her through the grieving process and my ex at that time was going to college there and he was sharing a place with someone and um so that was kind of our values that we didn't live together you know before before marriage and so long story short come time to, to we were engaged and I broke I broke off the engagement there was something in me that I wasn't comfortable with and I came from a little bit of a background of unresolved, inappropriate touch that I um, that happened to me when I was 11. And there was some incest in the family with a brother, not with me, but with his, his children. And you know what? There was just a lot of secrecy around there. There was no help. There was no questions. And so that I, I went into the relationship with a little bit of confusion between what is really love and is physical touch love and, and you know so um that was part of what i brought into marriage so i guess i would encourage people if you have unresolved issues get them resolved because whatever you don't you bring into the marriage with you and he had some unresolved issues i had witnessed him you know throw things break things when he was frustrated and that is why i did and the engagement but at that time being young and not a lot of help and I, I was living in Manitoba uh, was my home but I had gone to Ontario pretty isolated you know so watch for things like that how isolated are you what are your supports and uh, I began a life of feeling uh, quite isolated for me for many years and you know what I really felt God wanted us to be married so I I changed my mind and we we got married but the day of the wedding much to the sadness that I feel that I caused my ex because I really didn't want to walk down that aisle. And I did because, well, everybody had already had the shower and the gifts and how could you do that to mom and dad? They already paid for the hall and the food and ignorance on my part and not understanding, you know, and knowing what having a voice is and, and getting resources. I just find there's so much more available now. Like that was a 40... 41 you know years ago if I'm doing the math right so then we started this marriage and had children fairly quickly and I was actually had a honeymoon baby so I tried <laughs> using the Roman Catholic um, natural birth control with 
you know, your cream and your condoms, which broke and uh, nine months later had the most beautiful girl. <laughs> and she doesn't like that story because she feels that it really devastated her when I shared it with her one day when we were talking about the whole thing about condoms when you're a teenager sort of thing, because mm -hmm. she felt like she felt rejected. But I was so in love and I want I wanted so much um, to have, the you know, and um, I had moments um because as he was studying there was still more of the moods and things like that but long story short for a number of reasons 33 years later my body gave out um i physically could not do it anymore because great guy i did love him um but you never knew when or what would cause him to kind of blow up. And when he did, it was more towards himself. But at the same time, I would take the foundation out of, uh, under from my feet. I would just be devastated. And then I would help him through it and support him and, and remind him how great he was and everything. And then days later, I would suffer with the trauma, which I didn't understand was trauma. Um, but like, you know, now, now, you know, almost every fifth, business you see in a woman's organization let's say are women helping women you know through trauma and through things like there's so many resources out there so um after 33 years i i felt like it was time to leave because i said i'm too old for this i can't do this anymore and um lo and behold I went, I was going to Calgary to visit friends and then family and then up to Edmonton to visit my daughter. And while I was in Winnipeg, I stopped in at a counseling service that was there because I had time to kill. And um, I went in and lo and behold, she showed me this, I'm going to tell you about it, this cycle of violence. It's a wheel of violence. I've got it on my phone. I don't know if you can see it. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Oh. Looks like that. So there's different there's different types of abuse so i have to say that one of my pastors in the church a few years ago apologized from the pulpit and he said i am apologizing and asking forgiveness for all and it's not just women it's men too so if men are listening to this um i hear you too so that they would that they just didn't have the understanding and the resources and and the help you know for a christian marriage that was you know to that was going i would we tried a number of different things um there was we were low income so we used a university counseling service and 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 the fellow said well if you really feel like your husband's behaving like a baby or a child you know why don't you try diapering him like i mean ridiculous things um there was so many that just, they weren't really qualified. And often they would say, well, is he hitting you? So, you know, suck it up, baby. Probably, sort of qualified abuse. Yeah. So this pastor yeah. apologized for that because he realized. So when I went into this, this session, she showed me this because, you know, Dina, we talked once and I, and I said that it's common knowledge that often it takes about 10 attempts for women to leave. Um, before they actually leave. And I told you that I counted my 10 attempts. Um, and there was 10. By the time I did leave, there was 10. Like, you know, sometimes I would leave and, you know, I rented an apartment thinking, no, this is just going to be a temporary thing until we fix things. Um, 
and and people would ask, well, why did you stay 33 years? And and I said, well, there was a lot of reasons because I loved him for one thing, which is common, but also I was afraid of his mental state for the most part. I was afraid if he was going to commit suicide. I was afraid for a lot of different reasons, and I just lacked a lot of resources and knowledge. Um, although we did try, you know, different things that we can talk about later too. But so here's the wheel. It says um, there's physical, there's sexual, but here there's using intimidation. So this wheel says she, but it could be, let's not get hung up on that. She, yeah. he, whatever. Just let's not go there. Okay. So using intimidation, making her afraid by using looks, actions, gestures, smashing things destroying her property, abusing pets, displaying weapons, using emotional abuse, putting her down, making her feel bad about herself, calling her names, making her think she's crazy, playing mind games, humili humiliating her and making her feel guilty, using isolation, controlling what she does, who she sees and talks to, what she reads, where she goes, limiting her outside involvement, using jealousy to justify actions minimizing, denying, and blaming, making light of the abuse and not taking her concerns about it seriously, saying the abuse didn't happen, shifting responsibility for abusive behavior, saying she caused it, using the children's another one, making her feel guilty about the children, using the children to relay messages, using visitation to harass her, threatening to take the children away. Using male privilege, and this, like I said, this could be anything, right? Because there's not enough support for the men in abuse as well. Um, treating her like a servant, making all the big decisions, acting like the master of the castle, being the one to define men's and women's roles. Using economic abuse, preventing her from getting or keeping a job, making her ask for money, giving her an allowance, taking her money, not letting her know about or have access to family income using coercion and threats, making and or carrying out threats to do something to hurt her, threatening to leave her, to commit suicide, to report her to welfare, making her drop charges, making her do illegal things. So that that's the, the wheel of a number of different ways that abuse can look like. You know, so you'd meet my husband and he was awesome and everybody would love him, you know, but in the early stages of marriage, that's when the holes in the walls or, you know, throw things or break things or, you know, and I, I wasn't really aware what abuse one time, though, the first time I called somewheres, we had talked about having a yard sale and I don't know, maybe miscommunication because I was pretty good at that too. So, you know, relationships go both ways and I brought some mess in and I messed up. Although, you know, I had agreed not to have sexual relations before marriage. I landed up after being so cold and so, so feeling so dead in my marriage, um, staying for the wrong reasons. And my children suffered for that too, but did eventually let you know, the ear, the, let the little whispering of men in my ears. And I did fall into some cycle of, of uh, adultery, which was the last thing I would ever think I would ever do. Um, you know, but you, but I had shut myself down to the point where I just didn't feel anymore. Um, you know, and towards the end, it almost felt like I was so detached if we, if my husband and I were having sexual relation or, you know, 
I, I wasn't present. I was gone. And I'm sure he must have felt it too, because he suffered through all that. He was very faithful. Um, so, you know, things go two ways. So, but in the end, though, I did feel like I, I physically, mentally couldn't do it. I, I had been sick with an autoimmune illness most of our adult marriage, married life. Like the kids were in grade four and six when I fell to the floor and I couldn't get up. And I was mostly bedridden for that first year. And then after that was mostly 25 years of symptoms of fibromyalgia. So I was not an easy person to live with. I was exhausted, felt like the flu almost every day, didn't get meals on the table. Like, um, you know, it just, you know, there's a lot of things that have happened that came to, to end this, you know? Well, Nicole, wow. Thank you for sharing this. This is going to be so, so helpful because your story is going to resonate with a lot of people. And um, I want to say though, too, that I sense that you experienced a lot and maybe still feel a lot of uh, what many do in that situation is that shame and that guilt and helplessness to make a difference and and then you just you psychologically and physically check out you just it, it's just just it's too painful it's too overwhelming it's it's very hard to rationalize and process and understand and we just we check out yeah and and you know for people who are financially um coasting let's say you know there's not as many resources too so now there might be more but um you know and it depends on some of the people who do have a health plan of some kind that is a, a real blessing too and those of uh those of you that might have a blue cross plan here in alberta um there is free there not through blue cross but as a third party that if you're really suffering with mental health you get to choose a professional and get 12 free visits so it's something free that's out there for those that are you know looking and i don't think it matters even what your income is it's it's just a service that's provided to, through a third party um that's good for people to know that these resources are out there and i feel like what we're even doing today having these conversations that have been kept you know there's such a stigma around having these conversations and people, you know, it, it feels awkward and cringy, but if we don't talk about it, it's just going to get worse. And, you know, we can become one of those resources for people. Yeah. And you've got other tools and, and uh, things that you wanted to share with us today. Well, I want to say one thing. When we look at other healthy looking couples, you know, sometimes you do that comparing game. Oh, they look mm -hmm. so happy. They've got it together. You know, the happiest people that I've met and the ones that have the biggest, most compassionate, loving hearts, like I would assume, Dina, you would say, are those that have suffered a lot. Mm -hmm. Those that have gone through because of understanding. So when somebody talks to me about suffering with long-term disability, my love is overbounding for them and understanding because that is one of the most misunderstood um, 
like autoimmune illnesses uh, for people to understand, well, you just need to diet. You just need to change this. You just need to exercise. You just need to have a better mental health. You just need to be more positive, hang around more positive people. You just need to have more fun. You know, when, when you can barely get walk around the block and, and you're fortunate if you get a meal made in the day, which is a good day, you might've got up, you might've brushed your teeth, got dressed and you might've made the bed. And you might have a good day. So you might look like you're just doing awesome. But for the majority of the time, you know, you, for me, I couldn't even make dates with friends because then I would always be counseling because I wouldn't know from day to day what kind of day I was going to have. That's a struggle in itself. And, you know, I can, um, I can't, I can't relate to a chronic illness, but I can relate to the same. I had 33 years in an abusive situation. And yes, it's, it's very exhausting, um, you know, and it's, it isn't visible quite often is not visible to those on the outside. We become yeah. very adept at hiding that. Now you had also mentioned if there isn't abuse or violence or any of that type of, uh, component. How do you know it's manage. time for divorce? How do you know? Yes, How do you yes. know? Right. Yes. So a lot of people say. How do you know? Um, first of all, I'm talking now about two good-willed people. There's um, a doctor by the name of Emerin Egerich, and he wrote a book, Love and Respect, and he talks about that. And if I could send you those links later if you need them oh, to yes, add please. to anything. But two good-willed people don't walk down the aisle and say, yeah, I'm going to hate you and divorce you. Everybody walks down the aisle, hopefully, if they're two good-willed people. So when... There's so many things like even like, you know, attracting the opposite, you know, they, they, I used to have a, I used to sell books many years ago in my early twenties. And one of the book was um, opposites attract. And, and it's true. Cause like, for an example, you have somebody who is well organized and um, who, you know, let, let's say an example of somebody who's more on the perfectionist style or the steady style, right? They're, they're just steady. Their moods are steady. You don't get the big high excitement. Like they're, they're just steady. The doors are locked at night. There's, you know, gas in the car, the oils change. Like, I mean, very predictable in a lot of ways. And so a lot of times they will be attracted to people who are more of the influ high influencing, dominating, you know, like fun and, you know, um, but if you don't understand those styles, uh, over time, you can actually start fighting over things. Well, didn't we agree that the bread was going to be on the second shelf on the right side of the fridge? <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> I mean, I'm making fun of it, but it's like a lot of times it's the little things that start to creep, creep up and the explosions happen after a lot of unresolved um, feelings of not being heard, not being understood. So, yeah. So, so can I go into some, First of all, do you love yourself? First of all, before you get married or you go into a second marriage or a third or a fourth, <laughs> you know, um, right, what makes you happy? I asked this once I was doing a workshop called getting off the emotional roller coaster and it was with women. And I says, what, what makes you really happy? And it was the hardest question because they didn't really know and it takes takes a lot for me to realize too Nicole what really makes me happy because as long as we're looking outside of ourselves 
for that sense of wellness, um, it's hard to be in a very healthy relationship because then you're always looking at what you can get from the relationship. So it's good to know what makes you happy and and why do you love me? Why do I love myself? So that when we go into a relationship, we're going into more of an, a stance of willing to share with somebody else. Not so much, what can I get from this person? You know, it's like having that wish list. Okay, blue eyes, blonde hair, and a good cook. And, you know, like, which is okay. And I, and I think maybe it doesn't hurt to be very specific. But, but you know, it's just coming from, where are you coming from? Where are we come from, coming from? Are we coming from where we're here to help somebody that we love become the best person that they can? And what does that take, right? Otherwise, we could fall into more self-serving and selfish kind of things. So um, I was like that in my first marriage for, for the first few years, because I always looked for my husband to make me happy. He's the, I loved him and he needed to love me. So that brought that brings me to um, Emerson Egridge. I, I don't know if you've heard of the book, but there's also DVDs that um, you can watch or share in a group if you want, but they're called Love and Respect. And the website's loveandrespect.com. And it's not perfect, uh, absolutely true for every scenario. But he does talk a little bit more about how much women really need to be loved. And what does that look like? And what does respect for men look like without without the domineering type of respect, right? Um, respect and worshiping. <laughs> Well, yeah, and not being the one that I'm, you know, I'm, this is my decision and you're not part of it. And, you know, like that kind of dominating type of, of thing. But a lot of times men leave in their 50s because they feel like a used shoe, right? And a lot of women leave too because um, they get to an age where that they want more. And, and these were two goodwill people that if they could have communicated more on a level to better understand and help them to have those needs met, first of all, we need to understand the needs ourselves. But going back to Emerson, just for fun, he's funny in some ways, you know, like, um, you know, women are all sitting around together and they go, oh, there, there's an event coming up. Oh, I've got nothing to wear. And so all the women go, great, we're going shopping next weekend. You want to join us? And, you know, the guys are all sitting around and they might say, hey, I got nothing to wear. And they say, oh, she doesn't do your laundry either. Eh? So, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, we do tend to think a little yeah. differently, um, you know, but um, and there's a lot we can learn about, like even one of the examples he gives is a man painting, you know, outside he's painting and and the wife. And he just wants the wife to sit there and look at him once in a while and wave and admire. And, and it just pumps him right up. So, you know, it's learning about what pumps, what fills our love tanks. So that's one of them. Uh, another one that's quite common, and it might have some biblical connotations to it. But you know what? There's a lot of truth in it. So take what you want and throw out the rest or whatever. But it's the five love languages. So fivelovelanguages.com. Now, this is a huge one. Yeah. What are the five love languages? There's words of affirmation, acts of service, receiving gifts, quality time, and physical touch. So my new husband of six years, we did all these things before getting married. 
<laughs> together. And it was kind of fun to have a fellow who's open to that, you know, but you're older, you know, by time you're in your 60s. You know, so, but <laughs> what's interesting about this is we tend to expect people to show their love to us in the way we like to show love to others. For example, receiving gifts. For some people, they love to go and surprise people and put these little gifts together and everything and and love to give them. And when they receive something like that, it's like, oh, my soul mate, you know. And uh, But you know what? You know, the other spouse may not have that receiving gifts. I don't. If somebody gives me a gift, it's like, that was really nice and thoughtful and I appreciate, but it doesn't fill my love tank you know, to the point where, wow, like that was really cool. Right. So my, you know, for me, I really like the quality time, the physical touch. I do like the snuggling and, you know, holding hands and things like that. And, you know, but for somebody else that might mean nothing, you know, maybe going to work and getting the, you know, paying the bills, that's their way. It's their acts of services. Maybe they wash the dishes for you. Um, you know, so it's, this is a huge one because you can, there's um one example that he gives is, you know, it's called the fifth anniversary event. And she's all excited waiting for him to get home. And, and um, he says, you know, this is our fifth anniversary. Let's eat. Let's go out to eat wherever you want to go. And she says, and, and so where do you want to go? So she says, you decide. And he says, no, 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 this is for you. You decide. Tell me where you'd like to go and we'll go. And it goes back and forth like that. You decide, you decide. And and so he says, you know what? That truck stop up on the, the hill I would heard had the best steak ever. And she takes off so mad because he wants to take her to the truck stop. And then he says, are you the same woman I was just talking to? <laughs> you told me, you yeah. decide. You know, but I mean, that could be a huge thing, right? Because a misunderstanding of what's important there so to each and back to what you said earlier nicole to know yourself know yourself have an idea of what would mean something what is important and then when you're asked you'll have an answer and instead of having the blowout later and a misunderstanding understand what what you would like and what would mean a lot to you and i think in general women tend to be the ones that don't want to speak up they want the guy to just know her well enough to have the right answer and the guy just wants to please you he he's he honestly just if you just say he's so pleased that you tell him um i've actually heard a a cute little meme where it says um ask her to guess where you're taking her and take her to the first place that her first oh isn't that a good (laughs) one i mean you know you know there's always that aspect of maybe wanting a surprise but with my new husband we talked about things what 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 did you do in your first marriage for or what did you do in your marriage you know for Christmas because his his previous wife passed away of uh, pancreatic cancer and you know they had a cool loving relationship and so it wasn't a big deal for them this whole gift thing right so if I had been hanging on oh no I'm waiting for this you know and it's not a big deal like in fact you know what like Christmas could be every day. Like, I mean, you know what I mean? So we, it, it really helps. Like what you were saying, Dina, you could talk about it. I'll tell you one thing I learned. Men, 
go absolutely crazy in their minds when they know that their significant other is hurting and they can't fix it. Men, in the most part, are made to be fixers. They want to fix everything. And when they can't, it's the most frustrating thing ever. So having communication so that what you were saying, talk about things like, you know, we talk about things like gifts and we talk about, you know, um, what kind of budget maybe, or like, you know, just take away some of that stress and, and men and women aren't mind readers. So the aspect of communication is really important. Like, so I also encourage people to look at the disc profile you can go online and look up DISC, D-I-S-C. The DISC profile, D is dominating, I is influential, S is steadiness, and C is conscientiousness. And there's strengths and weaknesses to each behavioral style. This is not um, Myers-Briggs personality. This is how do you tend to behave in a specific environment, maybe like work or at home. And so when if you're in, in, at work, you can learn how to better communicate with your with uh, your coworkers and things like that. And for every strength that you have, you have um, a balancing kind of weakness. Mm -hmm. So for example, I've been doing most of the talking and not giving you a chance <laughs> to, to talk. So that's my, my um, influential style or whatever, you know, but if I don't give you a chance to talk with somebody else and it's become a weakness, does that make sense? That how I'm sense. trying to strengthen. I want to also put a, a thought in here as well for, for women specifically, because we, you did mention how men really want to fix. They want to take care. They want to make things right. And if we just say, no, I'm fine. No, I'm fine. And we don't communicate. They're going to think it's something that they are failing at not fixing. And I'm willing to bet that 90% of the time it isn't something they can fix that we think, well, I'm not going to tell them he can't fix it anyways. But if we can just be open and say, you know, this is what's actually bothering me. And thank you for listening and for caring. I don't think there's anything you can do to help, but thank you. Thank you for listening. I'll get it sorted out. And then at least there's some clarification for them around what it is that that is hurting you. Right. Or being more clear, like, um, again, we're not going to put everybody in a box. Not all men might be like that, but no. the average partner who's in that role feels that way. Yes, And so it's like, it's important that we say, hey, I just want you to listen. I don't need an opinion or I don't need you to fix this. I just need a, I just need an ear or a shoulder. And it's a, and it's a good practice to get into um is saying do you want me to listen or or do you want my opinion and then you listen with a different mindset they know that they can safely tell you and you're not going to be trying to solve it right away or whichever answer they give and i find that 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 helps as well it's it's really important so again going back to these are two goodwill people and some of the things that we can do to help prevent a divorce and because I'm telling you that some of these things we talked about, you know, the different behavioral styles, like, you know, what attracts you in the first place kind of drives you crazy after because, well, he's so boring. He's so predictable. You know, he, yeah, the doors are always locked and there's gas in the car, like bills are paid. You know, it's, it's kind of like you're attracted to certain things and after a while it grates on your nerves. So 
it, you know, but learning what makes you happy. You know what? I'm 62 and a half years old and it's only in the last while that I really realized what does, what really makes me happy? Well, for one thing, when I'm in the presence of God worshiping and just being still and, or just allowing that love to flow really makes me happy. But I'll tell you what makes me really, really happy and a sense of well-being is when I can give a little bit of hope to somebody when I could brighten up somebody's day, even just a moment, you know, um, when I could pray for somebody and maybe they've never had anyone pray for them and, and they have an experience that's life changing or, you know, they really sense something special. So that's what lights me up is knowing what it's like to go through the suffering and then having somebody understand and, and be there without judgment, um, would be there with total acceptance and love. And that's what I hope that I bring when I walk into a room or I have a moment with somebody that to me is the best. I mean, I do that with my business. Like a lot of us of all kind of are in businesses that really come out of our experiences. Right. So if I could bring hope to somebody who has long-term suffering in a drug-free way and they have that wow moment, like that, that sends me to the moon and back. Right. So well, you've definitely filled a lot of uh, people with a hopeful message today. I appreciate your time and, and being here and for doing that, Nicole. And I wanted to also mention, I will include a link in the show notes if I can find it. I'm assuming it's still in print. But there was a book that I found because um, I did come from a very strict, strong religious background. And it was very difficult. It, it kept me in the abusive relationship, but it was difficult to leave. And I found a book called Without This Ring. And the author is writing from that perspective, from a Christian woman leaving a marriage and how to deal with, you know, how you can um, understand and deal with having, you know, being in that position when it's it's been such a value that was so strongly instilled in you to never, to never leave a marriage that that was forever. So I really found that a helpful resource that was just so benefited that, that struggle I was having to, to leave. So I will also include that in the show notes and I'll include all the links that you've shared today. I thank you for being here. Thank you for the tools that you offered for, for being vulnerable, sharing your story because it will, it will help others. Thank you. Well, thank you very much. And hopefully, yeah, if it encourages somebody, that's that's why we're both here today. And there are all kinds of resources. And, and another day, maybe we'll talk about some of the resources available for when you are actually in the divorce and going through the divorce, because I, I did come across some good ones there too. So. Oh, fantastic. Yes, we'll have you back on again, Nicole. Thank you. Thank you very much. Hopefully you heard something today that helps you wherever you might be in life. Do you have questions or a suggestion for a topic you want to know more about? Let me know. Check the show notes for all the contact information. Follow this podcast and find us on social. Know anyone who might find this information helpful? Be a friend and share it. And hey, thank you for hanging out with me today. Keep smiling that beautiful smile. The world needs your sunshine. It means a lot that you spend this time with us and meet our experts and professionals who can help you through whatever life changes you're facing. 
please refer to our terms of service available on our website, lifechangesmag.com. The link is in the show notes. Our disclaimer, Divorce Magazine Canada, Life Changes Magazine and Channel, and Divorce Resource Groups are intended to educate and provide quality, credible resource information. The contents should not be used as factual until consultation with the appropriate professionals for any guidance. Divorce Magazine Canada, Life Changes Magazine, and Life Changes Channel, as well as the Divorce Resource Groups, do not constitute endorsements for, nor liability, for any claims made in the presenting of this information.